welcome to Deer Head Studios. This is 40 Below Zero, an international podcast about living with multiple sclerosis. I'm your co-host, Nick, and with me as always is my good friend, Terry. We're so glad all of our fellow MS warriors and supporters are here with us, so let's get into it. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into the studio. I'm glad you're also here with us again. Terry, my friend, how are you? Oh, man, like always, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm very excited today because we get to do one of my favorite episodes, which is another warrior story. And I am a big fan of these. So who are we talking with today? Awesome. Well, we have someone here who's become like a family to me. And uh, she is an MSer who considers herself magically special. Tanya, so happy that you're here today. Please, how old are you? Where are you from? What age were you when you got diagnosed? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, what age I was diagnosed? I was uh, 44, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Maybe maybe a little older. I don't remember exactly. My brother's <laughs> Um, But anyways, it's all good. So um, it's, I was diagnosed in um, basically August of 2021. And if I'm... I'm going to take you guys back to when I think originally all my stuff started, but I'm going to answer the magically special first. So the reason why I consider myself magically special not only stands for MS for me, but um, I also love unicorns. But I also wanted to say that's because when they were looking for MS, they also found an eight ball size brain tumor on the back of my cerebellum. Um, Whoa. And and then um, I will talk about that part later on but for now i'm going to take you guys back about 25 years ago oh and to answer your question i'm currently 48 i have no problems answering that <laughs> and um <laughs> so um i started around 15 where i started having flushing and getting really bad migraines so back in the 80s you know they just took me to a dermatologist and they just said it was rosacea um and migraines and um they just kind of left me on my way. And then around um, 26, I remember after just having my daughter, because um, I had her at 25, um, after taking showers, I remember being really hot and having hot flashes and uh, having a lot of flushing and never thought much of it. I just thought, uh, you know, I've had two kids really close together, whatever. And then go a little further, we go to around age 32. I remember doing laundry and my right, right hand seized up and I couldn't let go of the laundry basket. I literally had to take my left hand and pry off my right hand off the laundry basket. Um, and then it would constantly seize up like, like as if you were holding a tennis ball. Um, yeah. I don't really know how to explain it, but it was very painful to separate my fingers. Um, I do remember in my early thirties and my husband, Gerald, who I love very much would definitely adhere to this, that, I told him, I think I have something really not good. And um, I said, it could be MS. And the reasons wow. I would know this was because in my past, I was a social worker and I knew stuff, right? Most people don't. I didn't know a lot about MS, obviously, but I knew there was something. And I've always been that type of person where I can, I feel things and I sense things. So you were and diagnosed, just, you were diagnosed. Four years ago, uh, you know, ish. Uh, uh, 
actually Officially. it was in 2021. So that would have been oh wow almost two years ago. So I was what 46 then. Yeah, I missed okay. my numbers. No, no, it's all good. It's all good, dude. I miss my numbers all the time. Um, so you were diagnosed recently, but you have mm -hmm. all these symptoms over 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And did you say correctly that MS basically saved your life? MS did save my life because if I finally didn't admit that I couldn't see out of my left eye, and I will get to that story, um, I wouldn't have went to the eye doctor and admitted that for the first time because I know I couldn't see a couple times out of it. I just thought it was me. I was tired. Mm -hmm. And um, what did they do for you when you told somebody that your hand locked up? Like you, so your hand locks up carrying the, 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 the hamper. Did you tell anybody or did you just go about your day? I just went about my day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That wasn't the first time it happened, but it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, I can be honest with both of you, even my MS neurologist who um, I can thank for this and he is world renowned. And he did say, seriously, you need to learn to complain yeah, I would imagine uh, like that's yeah. pretty disconcerting just hearing that your hand had seized like that. Yeah. And what was your thought process? Like, oh, it was no big deal or I got stuff well, to do or I got stuff to do. I have a kid who's not well. So I was like, I got to do my stuff. Wow. I got my hand apart. It started working again. Kept moving on. And that's where the whole MS warrior comes from because you don't stop, right? Even though you're going through something nuts. Anyway, that's crazy. So I'm going to jump over to when I was uh, in 2019. Mm. So um, I started having really, really bad headaches to the point where I couldn't lift my head off my pillow. And um, it also happened to be around the first time my son was admitted for mental health issues. And... Um, so when I went to see somebody, all they said was, well, it's because you have a lot of stress because of your son. So we're going to give you some meds for your headaches and, you know, and move just on. Left it at that, right? huh? Yeah. So you have one son, that's it. I have one son, one daughter. My son is 24 and my daughter is 22. Wow. You have uh, a full plate there. Um, and what about other family? Do they all understand what you're going through? I mean, I can't imagine this brain tumor on top of the MS. And, and I don't, I honestly don't think they understand, even though they try to understand, but how can they understand you? You know, goes the saying, you only understand till you get it right. So, definitely. yeah, but I'm going to go back to when, um, I actually started being diagnosed. So April of 2021, okay. I went to see my eye doctor. And the first time I thought it was just like, I got something blown in my eye. I couldn't see out of my left eye properly. So he just said, okay, I think it's allergies. He sent me away with some allergy drops. And he said, um, come back in a couple of days if you don't feel any better. But I went back in less than a week and I couldn't see out of my left eye at all. Not at all. Not even headlights on the car at night. Nothing. So um, he called the Eye Institute and he said, they're going to see you in the next 24 hours. So and um, and um, the Eye Institute in Ottawa. So at the same time, so th that night, um, my son was having more mental health issues. He has schizoaffective. 
So in the middle of the night, he, well, during that day, he had called the police, uh, sorry, 911 about five times. And then the middle of the night, we finally uh, had him admitted. And so when I was sitting at the Eye Institute the morning at eight o'clock in the morning, um, the doctor was uh, reviewing my eye. The same time, the psychiatrist from upstairs calls my husband to talk about my son, who they just admitted, who's in psychosis. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, the eye doctor is telling me, has anybody ever told you that it possibly could be MS while he's looking in my eyeball? So <laughs> I thought to point that out. So, so then he goes, normally we do an infusion right now for steroids, but because it's during COVID and during dur lockdown and because, you know, he just heard my husband talking to a psychiatrist on the phone, he goes, I'm just going to send you home with lots of pills, huh. lots of steroids. Yeah, we've heard that before. So did you know what MS was when they said that to you? Did you do you know anyone in your family that has MS? Do you know anyone that has MS? No, I know nobody that has MS. Did you know what it was when they even because he said this might be MS? Did you know what it was? No, I didn't know what it was. I just I Knew didn't you know were much about it. You were yeah. just a mess, yeah. <laughs> so what so then what goes through your head when you hear that thing from your doctor? Like he says, Oh, it might has anyone ever told you that? Actually, what went through my head was well, I'm glad he listened to me, for one. I'm glad he saw what he needs to see. Um, I'm glad he's referring me out to where I need to be. I'm glad I finally admitted that there was something wrong. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. That is a big one. Because mm -hmm. I know um, I've heard many times, including myself, we have a tendency to hide or mask our symptoms or brush off our symptoms and not pay attention to them if we can rebound quickly from whatever that symptom is. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine not only getting that, but then dealing with that whole other scenario that you just said at the same time, because mm -hmm. for me receiving the news that I, that I was on this path, I was, was hard to wrap my head around. So I can imagine, did you just kind of like said, okay, I, thanks for setting up the tests. I got to push this aside because I have something really important to deal with right here. Is that kind of just dealt with it? Like moms do. This time I didn't. This time okay. I knew with my son being admitted, I knew he'd be there for a couple of weeks. So I thought, okay, I really got to deal with this. Okay. And at this point, he already had referred me to the MS clinic and uh, for an MRI. And I was going to be seeing an eye specialist at the hospital, right? Mm -hmm. So I had no choice but to say I have an issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it really, the diagnosis really uh, had stopped you. Like it really put a pause on all the things that you thought you were going to have to do. Yes. And yes. and had you and forced you to refocus. It did. It did for sure. And um, so I had my first MRI actually uh, June 25th of 2021. And I remember that day because it was mm -hmm. at midnight on a Friday. And my family doctor called me on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to tell me that there was not only lesions but he that he you know he's sure i'm in the right position of being referred to the ms clinic and they will figure whatever's wrong out but that i also have a brain tumor and of course as most doctors do and he's a very kind-hearted man and he said it's not too bad don't worry it's not too bad not so, too bad wow wow he never said it wasn't too big he just said it's not too bad i don't want you to focus and worry about that right now because he also knew because i had 
left him a message that my son was back in the hospital, right? So right. he was like downplaying it, right? And here I was in the middle of playing Sea of Thieves with one of my buddies on Discord. <laughs> so <laughs> what was that? So sea of Thieves? Sea of Thieves. Yep. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so then I um everybody was asleep in my house. And because I was on steroids, right? As you all know, it's hard to sleep, right? So, and, um, so my husband was asleep. It was Sunday morning and I didn't wake anybody up. I waited till everybody was up before I told anybody, because what would have changed? They yeah. couldn't have done anything. Right. Very so. true. Very <laughs> true. You know, something that I realized is you were talking about how one eye went completely blind and then you kind of just dismissed it and went to the next thing. And I noticed that Nick had the same fear in the beginning and he dismissed it too. He's like, yeah, I had eye problems. Dude, I would freak out. I would freak out. I would be so depressed. <laughs> so good on you guys. You know, I'm anyway, it's it's almost like I'm glad I have the symptoms I have. And you guys are probably like, no, no, I don't. I never want to lose my legs. But I'm like, no, it's not that bad. You know, anyway, I just I find it funny how well, you just honestly, I don't think anything's worse or bad because I have a bit of everything because mm -hmm. lucky for me, your cerebellum controls your eyesight, your speech, your swallowing, your mobility. So mm -hmm. I have so much damage back there because of that eight ball size brain tumor. So it just adds and talking about the brain tumor, let's go back here. I was so I was when, gonna say, like, let's not let's not jump over that. That's yeah. <laughs> what did they even do with that? <laughs> so 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 let me go on. So in August of 2021, I finally saw the MS neurologist. Um, actually, why don't we go back a little more? Cause I remember in July seeing the neurosurgeon and okay. he, um, so we'll go back to him. So he talked to me about my brain tumor. He told me how big it was. He told me the dimensions of it, that it kind of looked mixed between an eight ball, a tennis ball and a very large ostrich egg. So <laughs> that was how he referred it. And then he talked to me for a bit and he said, don't worry, you're in good hands. I've been doing this for a while. Um, I had the chief um guy talked to me as well like the head of his department and what else did he say he just said so here's your options you have three options brain surgery brain surgery brain surgery because if you don't you will be dead in two to five years oh my god oh my god thank wow. god for ms wow <laughs> and what did you what was what did you what was your thought process when you heard that I still wasn't even processing it. I was just yeah. like, okay. I see, like, here's the papers. I need you to sign here, here, and here. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So then he, and he's like, so any questions? I'm like, no. Because my my son's still admitted in the hospital here, guys, for psychosis. So my brain was not on, ooh, you know? Yeah, yeah. seriously. I'm, mm -hmm. Wow. I have questions then. I'll ask all the questions. Go ahead, they, uh were you worried? Like, I know sometimes brain surgery, you're awake when they do it. Were you completely gone or were you awake? You're you almost know? never awake for brain tumors unless they're on your um, certain, on your frontal lobes. A lot of people don't know that. There's also many different kinds of tumors. And um, that could be a whole other podcast for you guys if you ever wanted. So, but mine was a menginoma. Yeah. And a menginoma is usually not cancer risks. So I'm going to explain to you, all tumors are cancer. And I want everybody to know that out there. All tumors are cancer. It's whether they're cancerous or not. Right. And that's the, that's the difference between 
malignant and benign, right? Is that, yes. those are the terms? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And um, it doesn't mean just, I have had the surgery and I had the surgery in November of 2021. It was actually November 3rd of 2021. Okay. And um, it doesn't mean that they can't come back. Wow. It, it also doesn't mean that it can't come back and be a worse type of tumor. So the surgeon says okay. you have to have this or you have two to five years. Oh, and it might come back and it might come back worse. Nick, I have to be honest with both of you. They were so impressed that I was still walking and being able to touch my nose and do all that, that he brought in about eight residents. Oh, wow. You became the showpiece, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're like, walk a line. And they're all like, okay, yeah, she, she kind of walks like she's drunk, but holy cow. That's wow. all they said. Like, yeah. And two of them shook my hand. And to yeah. you, it's just another, just another day. You're like, just I don't know what day. the big deal is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you do the MS walk and you do the what's the other one you told me about? You do a walk. The brain for... tumor survivors walk. I haven't done either yet. My plan is to do them this year. Um, because obviously you. last year I couldn't. It was too close after brain surgery. Yeah. I have the date uh, put down on my calendar that I am definitely going to be involved in that as awesome. well. Not only for the MS walk, obviously, but. I appreciate that. You're a warrior. I am a badass. I'm extraordinary <laughs> badass. Like, seriously, I am so like. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So the surgery, so you get the surgery. Okay. So let, let me go back though. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, um, we got to keep the timeline together here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So in August of 2021, I saw MNS neurologist and he's the head of the department as well. He also wanted my case. Um, and he said, and he has a resident there, the resident spent an hour with me doing all the tests and going through everything with me. And then I saw him after and he just sat down and, and my husband says, so is it MS? And he says, all I have to say is, see this brain tumor? If that's not MS, I don't know what is. Wow. His exact words. And it's Mark Freeman and he is amazing. And, um, you know, he really knows what he's, he's doing may not have the bed, best bedside manner, but he freaking knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, but yeah, those were his answers. And he just, then he says, have you ever not complained? Like you are 46 years old. How are you still functioning? Were his exact words. And I said, and I turned around and mentioned the, the issues with my son and then I said, well, you kind of have no choice when you have kids. You you make do with what you got. Yeah. Very Back true, to the kids well thing. Said. Remember how I said, I don't know how people mm -hmm. do it with all these illnesses and having a kid on top mm -hmm. of it. But anyway, that's crazy. So what did he what did your doc start you with? What was your initial therapy, if any? So it took a while because I had to have brain surgery first, right? right. I had to do yeah. first things first was we were waiting to have uh, the brain tumor removed. And then he was going to see me back. And so uh, when I had the brain tumor removed, uh, my neurosurgeon didn't want me to start anything right away because it's quite easy to uh, get an infection and you don't want an infection on your brain. Sure. So um, then I re-saw another resident um, at the MS clinic in February, and he offered me uh, three different kinds of DMTs and devised medic. What's the terminology again? DMTs? 
DMTs. Yeah. Well, oh, disease modifying therapy. Crazy. Yes. And, um, so I was offered three, I can mention them. Um, they were sure. Abagio, Octavis and Casempta. Okay. And, um, they originally wanted me to play it safe and take Abagio, but I was like, but I made it through brain surgery. It was almost an eight hour brain surgery. If I've made it through that long, I'm going to take, I'm going to research this. And I tell you, I researched this yeah. and I did not only pros and cons, I re I even reached out to different medical um, things and talked to people and spent two hours on with my MS nurse. And um, I picked, I ended up picking Casempta. Okay. and um, I've been on it uh Ten and a half months now. Let me so, ask you a question. Um, and I don't know. I'm I'm interested in this. Right before you went into that surgery, um, your family worried about you, saying goodbyes. How how is that whole ambiance? You're going in for an eight hour brain surgery. You know what I mean? I know your doctor probably gave you that confidence. Everything's going to be okay. But still, oh no, there's still risks. You still have to sign the waiver of of seizures and uh, you know, not being able to communicate. All that stuff's in there. So uh, that's a rough one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe one day we'll come get on. your husband to come on here and we'll interview him about what he <laughs> well, went through. My, well, my brother did call me the night before and my uh, daughter's wonderful boyfriend showed up to wish me luck as well. Nice. And uh, yeah. Nice. Man, that must have been so emotional. I can't even tell you. You know. Mm -hmm. So when you uh, got out of this surgery, they must have said it went as it was a success, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was um, so hopped up on. I was on about three or four different kinds of IV painkillers, and a massive amount. If you think as a mess, we get a lot of steroids. My neurosurgeon said, "Wait till you mass storage. I'm going to be giving you after brain surgery." And I was so hyped up on that and everything else they were giving me. He came to see me and he put the table up and he wanted me to lean like this. So I was leaning like the, like, I know we can see, but I had my hands on my chin and he, he's like, I'm the one who did your surgery. And I'm just like trying to communicate back. And he wanted to make sure yeah. like I had my facilities. Right. Um, so I, it was so difficult because all the, meds and everything I was on but I just remember him saying I didn't know if you wanted me to take a picture so I didn't <laughs> so yeah now with with all the steroids that's a that's a good point so he so he gives you a lot of steroids did that help your MS system symptoms at that time like did your eyesight kind of get in check a little bit did your your MS just um, kind of subside or you were just not even thinking like it basically sent my MS in overdrive really it had the opposite all those steroids yeah because because of the brain surgery and they did warn me right um that it would cause my MS my my MS to progress and go in overdrive and may not go back to my original before brain surgery okay right. and has it or no it has not. No. Okay. Different okay. things have gotten better, you know, okay. through a lot of effort from myself and my wonderful physiotherapist mm. and who will be listening to this podcast. Good. And yes, she's Give amazing. Me, what's her name? Give her a shout out. <laughs> um, it's hard to say her name, Jean, Jean Via. 
Woo! I call her Jean-Viev, but her, that's not her name. Um, okay. But yeah, let's call her Jay. Yeah, fair so, enough. I have to I, say I love you, Jay. <laughs> I, I knew a Jean-Viev and Genevieve, too. I, I want to if... say that because I'm part French, but it's not that. It's an Indian oh, okay. name. Oh, yeah, I don't okay, okay. How... I can't even say it. Names are bad with me. So, but yeah. So you wake up. It's a success, but you still mm -hmm. have MS. Does everyone yeah. just kind of ignore the MS? Because thank God the tumor is gone. Well, after the first month, everybody was okay. After that, they're like, you should be feeling better by now. You've had, you had a brain surgery a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the response. Uh, but, um, so I have to tell you guys a funny one while I was in the hospital. Yeah. So when I was in the hospital, uh, I was in before ICU is like intensive care, right? So nurse was going around and occasionally I'd wake up and I would hear my husband's name go by. And I was like, why am I hearing my husband's name go by? So anyways, eventually I wake up long enough to ask the nurse, has my husband called? She's like, oh, you want to talk to him? I said, yeah, I would like to talk to my husband. She goes, do you want to call him now? And I said, no, I'm way too groggy. If he calls back, wake me up she, and I'll talk to him. So she said, okay. So... I found out the reason why he wasn't communicating with me is because when I set up my profile the day before with somebody on the phone, she accidentally clicked privacy. So my husband had to social engineer his way in to be able to come see me two days later when he was allowed to come. <laughs> was, <laughs> yeah. was, but he was, was able he... to talk to me for a bit because I got her to get me the phone and, and I asked her to dial for me because I couldn't do it, right? But yeah, yeah. So was he like concerned? Why the hell did she make this personal? Why can't I visit her? Well, well, because every time he'd call, they'd be like, yes, she's here, but uh, we can't give you any information. <laughs> and he's like, I, I know she's there. I dropped her off at 6 a.m. this morning. I know she's there. And he just, he had to find somebody. He kept going back in the hospital trying to get somebody to to fix that so he could actually come up and see me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they're doing their job. You know what I mean? And the fact yeah. that oh, he yeah. somehow tricked them to come seeing you. You just, I don't know. I don't know how he engineered his way. But anyway. Well, I um, ended up telling the, the person ICU, I said, I think something went wrong in my profile. She goes, I'm going to go take a look. So what I want to do is switch gears to talk about um, Kesempta. Um, and why you made the decision. Wait, what's so funny? Kesempta is strong K. <laughs> oh, it's because of where, it's my accent, I guess. What yeah, accent? Yeah, let's leave it with that. <laughs> what accent is he talking about? Anyway, yes, go ahead. I don't know either, Terry. I was wondering about that. So you made the decision to take the stronger of the medications that you were offered, uh, which I... Yes respect because uh earlier in an earlier show i talked about how i was not a fan of the escalation model starting less you know and then working playing it safe um, especially in your case um so you make that decision how have you been tolerating that medication um it definitely has increased my ms spasticity now whether that was brain surgery related mm -hmm. and my um i know um, I'm just going to talk about that for a minute because um, they can't, when they do a big brain tumor like that, it can't leave your brain empty. So they had to put stuffing. So as my brain slowly expands back, 
my body absorbs the stuffing. So I'm wondering if it's a combination of that and the casemta. And so it's really hard for me to ever pinpoint um, what exactly it is. But being on casemta, I definitely, um, I have felt more energy and it's taken a couple months, but I've definitely, uh, definitely have more energy and, and uh, focusing is a lot better. Still have massive amounts of times of brain fog, but sure. it's better. Um, so I can deal with having more specificity if it means the rest, I get to feel better. Right. Um, yeah. We often mm -hmm. trade, we as MSers often trade one symptom for another. We have, I've heard lots of people, including myself, uh, talk about bargaining where if you say, uh, yeah. as long as my eye stays where it is, I can <laughs> deal with something else. Right. Terry, you and I have talked about this a couple totally. of times. Yeah. So, yeah. At so, the moment, I'm in acetyl relapse, uh, apparently. So um, my optic neuritis is back. And mm. um, so, but yeah, so it's one of those, you know, exactly. It's a trade-off, right? I, I'm, let's see where it goes. Explain to the people listening the difference between an actual relapse and a pseudo relapse and why they say that you're in one of those. A pseudo relapse, it's all your old symptoms. Um mm -hmm coming back or some of them or a few of them or one of them and a regular relapse uh is some new symptoms okay mm -hmm. okay how many times uh you guys probably already did you already say this how many times do you take Zemta a week or is it a weekly thing it's uh it's one it's injection once a month and oh. you, it's really easy it takes less than a minute and you don't even feel it don't even see the needle so anybody's afraid of it because i was afraid of it um, but I got taught uh, how to do it. And um, do they have one of those auto injectors where you just click the thing and then push? Yeah, and apparently it it's the first simultaneous auto injector for not only a mess, but um, the type of form that it is. It's, it's even there's even like a little rubber lip at the at the top. So what clear finder? What type did they tell you you have? Our are we still saying relapsing remitting or are we doing just uh <laughs> whichever one so relapsing remitting a mess yeah okay yeah see that's always subjective in my opinion you know what i mean yeah. it's like mm -hmm. what did your last neurologist tell you that you have like and then i don't know it's subjective because some neurologists might think otherwise Anyway, I know I know they go through what your MRI shows and how many lesions you got, how many new lesions, how aggressive the attacks are, but it's so subjective. Because... They also go by your optical bands, and yeah, the optical bands do tell a lot. I know a lot of people don't like to have um, spinal taps done, but it does help them diagnose uh, not only a very rare disease that you can have in your spinal fluid, but it also um, does like it shows them what type from what that neurologist told me who did mine as he was explaining it all to me about that. So you got a spinal tap, Nick, you got a spinal tap too. I did uh, wow. very early on just to confirm kind of just to confirm and back up the MRI and just to validate the symptoms that I was describing. It was just another tool I just, and I figured, you know what, the more information the medical community could have about me, the better that they could help me, you know, deal with it it's also good for insurance purposes mm -hmm. so the insurance can't say you don't have it you didn't have this done um 
apparently that's another one to back it up. Mm-hmm. Especially down here where I'm at. <laughs> I'm sure. I That kind of worries me. I've never had a spinal tap and I'd hope insurance wouldn't be like, we need you to get a spinal tap so we can confirm what you have. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I just don't want to get it because I heard uh, good stories and really, really bad stories. So well, I have been given the trick of how to do it. Um, of how to have it done and um, what to do afterwards. And it worked. And the thing is, um, my neurologist really, really wanted it done. And he didn't care how he got the spinal fluid. Even He even asked, he wanted me to ask my neurosurgeon to take some while they, when they did my brain tumor, it was probably the king. So they were like, wow, well, I didn't even think of that. From there. We yeah. all get it. We, usually you get it taken from the bottom down around where your, uh, your lumbar meets your coccyx, but you had the opportunity yeah. to, to get it taken from the top. The thing is the neurosurgeon wouldn't do it. Cause he's like, with your size of brain tumor and everything, I'm focusing on the brain tumor. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, I never even thought of that. Uh, huh. Magically I, special. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that was the thing where you can get it from, you know? Yeah. Wow. Dude, that just, that, uh, that's new to me. I had no idea you could get it from up there. Yeah, sure. Well, that's where it originates. Yeah. That's why they had to put a drain in the back of my head after surgery because too much piles in. After. Sometimes you think you know everything. And then when you talk to someone, you're like, man, I'm uneducated right now. That's why we do this. This is, this is great. I know way more than I ever wanted to. Sure. I, uh, I yeah. often refer to it as, uh, yeah, I have, I'm getting, I'm working on my PhD in MS. Yeah. I could teach. I, I know for sure that the three of us in this room could teach the new interns at whatever hospital we walk into a thing or two about some serious stuff. Yes. <laughs> she, she was just diagnosed two, two, three years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Like she, uh, on the accelerated course. 2021 yeah. August. She's on the accelerated yeah. course. Accelerated yes. on both ends. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Learning about brain tumors and MS all at the same time. It's the lottery that I never wanted to win. <laughs> That's so for sure. what other than your DM, other than your Casemta, what uh what things do you do to to help improve your life with this MS? What do you do for you because of these things you've gone through? Well, I go for walks every day. I also do all my exercises and stretches almost every day that my physiotherapist gets me to do because she's amazing. I have to say that again. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I will, you know, he even wants me to sing. So yeah, use that diaphragm, everybody who has MS, use it because it's important. And so you can sing? Is that what you're saying? Um, I used to be able to. Okay. Actually, honestly, yes. Um, but not as well anymore. But yeah, yeah. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but maybe <laughs> I will another day. Sounds like a plan. Nice. Nice. Since you mentioned before, what was life before all this? What did life look like for you before the tumor, before the MS, before the kids? What were What were you up to? Oh, I had kids pretty young. I was 23. Okay. Yeah, so me too. So before that, 
I was lived in Montreal and I was a social service worker for Mamani's hospital, which was connected to the Jewish general. So you were helping. And yeah. And I worked with the Holocaust survivors. Wow. Wow. That's a whole other show I'd like to have. Yeah, definitely, man. Another interesting topic right there. That's crazy. That's cool. Now has all this put a stop to that? What are you up to these days? It definitely put a stop to it after I had my son and I started doing all sorts of other stuff. I was uh, working for a couple companies here and um, in 2019, it kind of put a stop to it, not only because my headaches were so bad, but because uh, my son was suicidal. So somebody had to be home. Sure. So I've been home um, basically since then. Yeah. Okay. Un- unknown to me that everything else that was playing underneath. Yeah. Do you have family to help you? Your mom, your dad, your, you know, my cousins? dad passed away in 2019. My mom actually got dementia in 2021. She was being hospitalized during the same time I was being diagnosed. Uh, my brother, you know, thank, thank goodness for my brother helping doing all that for her. And uh Yeah. And my brother lives in Montreal too, so he's two hours away. But okay. uh, uh, mm-hmm. you keep your composure really well for going through all that, and no one even knows it. And I've known you for a bit, and you've never brought this stuff up. You don't cry for help. You don't. You're so humble through the, all this experience. You know, I, I you. feel no, not even like sometimes. You know, you know when you look at someone, you're like, why am I bitching? I shouldn't be bitching. And, and everybody has look, a right to bitch. Everybody has their maximum. I'm the one right. that says everybody has a story. I always say that everybody has a story anyway, mm-hmm. but damn, you got a story. And uh, I'm not going to say it puts me to shame because I have a different story, but your story mm-hmm. motivates me. And I hate when people say that, you know, but it motivates me just, just to keep going another day, whatever. It's okay. I can get through what I'm going through. It's not a big deal. And exactly going from that, that's why I'm such an advocate for both things, especially with MS. My focus is MS because, you know, we need people to be more aware, especially in Canada, because it's one out of every 400 people are diagnosed. I don't know how many people per week. Um, You know, it's over 8,000, whatever people, or I can't remember the numbers off of my head for that one, but we need to talk more. We need to be more open about it because there's so many issues that people don't realize. And, um, you know, all the way down from your head to your toes. You know, I, when I stress out, Tanya can see that I'm stressing out and she tries to calm me down. She's Mm -hmm. like that caretaker. And, and I'm like, you know, and then you hear about what she's going through and I'm like, dude, you, I feel like a baby. You calm me down. And so I, you know, I really appreciate, you know, that I really appreciate. I do. And I really appreciate you too. And you bring a lot of positives to me as well. You may not see it. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to, I have to ask you the question that I ask everybody who's on the show. Uh, Right now, if you could travel backwards in time and talk to yourself immediately after you got diagnosed, what advice would you give to yourself or what, what message would you give to yourself? I know it wasn't that long ago, but still. Travel back in time to when I was diagnosed? Yes. 
because I know you had a lot going on then. Um, be more selfish. Yeah, is that a right word? No. I know. Do I know what you're saying. Care. Yeah. yeah, like. It's okay to be selfish yeah. when it comes mm -hmm. to certain things. All right, be more selfish. Okay. Maybe not be such a quirky geek and learn so much. So people are just like, woo, you're too much. But yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not, because that's who I am, I guess, right? But yeah, maybe be a little more assertive in the sense of what I need. Yeah. So be a, a better advocate for yourself and not exactly think that, and, and not think you're being so much of a burden. Exactly. It seems like a, a lot of us MSers are on the same path. Be more selfish. Be more assertive. You know, complain more. I used mm -hmm. to say that you need to complain because when you stop complaining, people start to think, "Oh, he's okay. He got better." And mm -hmm. it's like you know, it does not get better. That's why but, it's a progressive disease. <laughs> yeah, Tanya, I really appreciate you being here today. I uh, can't even say. Well, I really, really appreciate you guys having me. And if it's okay, yeah. I, I'd like to do a couple shout outs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'd like to uh, shout out to my husband. It's okay. This is real talk right now. And I know your husband and I love that guy. Gerald is the man. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So for much, you know, for always being there for me. Yeah. For listening yeah. and trying, even though when it's hard. Because he's got a lot on his plate. He not only has me to deal with, but he has our son. So, and I'm a handful. <laughs> so. Yeah, and to my daughter for always trying to help me, always playing those darn Mario games with me, <laughs> you know, for my daughter's an esthetician for, you know, doing my nails, you know, <laughs> little things that she does for me. And, you know, my son for always trying to pick himself up, you know, and yeah. Odane for being one of my greatest supports. And Odane is my daughter's boyfriend. They've been going together for four years. Nice. Yeah. Dude, it's it just, and, yeah. And to my other son, who's not, he's my daughter's best friend, JV. He's, you know, always been there trying for me. You know, always being supportive and trying to find stuff to do with me that I can do with him. And to my girlfriends, Kim and Shayla, for always bringing me bubble tea and playing games with me. They're amazing. Um, and to my friend, Paul, who's always been my little shining bright star. So. This bubble tea you that go. you speak of, what flavor yeah, is yeah. your, what is your favorite flavor? Um, honestly, I don't think I have one. Okay. But there is a taro. The the purple potato is actually really, really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't really have a favorite. I just I just really like popping and not the boba. 
I don't know if you guys ever trying popping bubbles. They're really good. <laughs> I don't know if Nick has ever tried bubble tea. I don't know if it's big there. Yeah. It is. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Honeydew. My daughter's turned me, My daughter's turned me onto that. Um, the honeydew? Is the best. Well, Tanya, it it, uh, it definitely sounds like you have one heck of a support system around you, um, which is certainly what we all need. Uh, Absolutely. We are just trying to make it the best we know how. And in order to stay afloat, we need to grab onto other people, right? Uh, Absolutely. Whether it's family or other MSers or basically anybody that'll listen to us. And exactly any, for anybody out there uh, listening in who need to needs to know that there is a support system. There absolutely is. Uh, you just need to, you just need to find your people as we say. So I want to thank you so very much, Tanya, for being so open and honest today on our show. It really means a lot to us. I know, I know Terry feels the same way, right? Yeah, of course. Appreciate you. Um, this is what we do this for. This is why we have people on because we do feel that it's very important. Um, like, like Terry always says, everyone has a story, um, but we like to hear it. And we thank you for sharing yours. Um, so I appreciate you. being here. I appreciate you listening to me. Like <laughs> Our pleasure. Believe me. Terry, hit him, uh, hit him with the stuff, where to find us, how to listen to us, all that fun stuff. Awesome. So uh, if anyone is interested and being a guest on our show, please contact us at info at 40below0.com. Or you can go to our website and find out more contact information, which is 40below0.com. And remember, guys, we're on uh, many platforms. Yep, we're everywhere, brother. Tanya, absolute pleasure. Very um, pleasure is all mine. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome, guys. Take care.